Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today about the Safe Catch program to stop bank robberies, and we're talking with the man behind it, Larry Carr, Special Agent with the Seattle Office of the FBI. Larry, thanks so much for joining me today. Sure. Just to start out with, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role there in the Seattle Office? Well, my name's Larry Carr. I'm a special agent with the Seattle Division of the FBI, and uh, my position is the bank robbery coordinator. So, Larry, tell us about the Safe Catch program and how it originated. Yeah, you know, the the way it originated was first asking uh, a question uh, for ourselves in the FBI. What constitutes a successful criminal investigation? And if you look at what the traditional response is, it's going to be identify and arrest and successfully prosecute. Uh, the criminal. Unfortunately, when we apply that standard to bank robbery investigations, because bank robbery is a serial crime, that definition is woefully inadequate. Um, so, so we changed the definition to identify and arrest this criminal before he can strike again. And then we have a totally different dynamic at, at play here, because left to their own device, we will uh, apprehend the bank robber. Um, through the investigative process. Well, now you're looking at 5, 10, 15 robberies. But if we change that dynamic to arrest before he can strike again, now we have a dilemma. Because for us to be able to successfully do that, we rely on a partnership with the banking industry. And not just a partnership, but a strategic partnership. And if we do that, then we have to go out to the industry and tell them exactly what we need. You know, they are the ones that build this foundation of our investigation. If it's a weak foundation, if it's cracked, then there's no potential for us to be successful. And so that's how the Safe Catch idea developed. Now, Larry, I'm familiar with Safe Catch, but maybe briefly you could describe it for our audience here that might not know the details of the program and what you do. Absolutely. The Safe Catch program is a two-prong approach to suppressing bank robbery. You know, the goal is to suppress this robbery or stop this robbery, stop this robber's future robberies. And then the overall concept is every bank robbery is every bank's problem. And what the Safe Catch program does is it's two-pronged, safe and catch, and each letter stands for an action. The safe uh, aspect of it is a preventative part. Uh, when we did our research looking into how employees can become more proactive and safely proactive in preventing their own victimization, what we found and believe is that 93% of all bank robberies can be prevented. And that's because the bank robber comes in posing as a customer, uh, doesn't reveal his intent until he reaches a trigger point within the institution. These uh, trigger points we've identified uh, can be eliminated with these strategies that we developed. And once we eliminate the trigger points, what we found was is that these suspicious customers would leave the branch uh, without assuming the role of the bank robber. And then the other aspect of it, the catch phase, what we discovered through uh, our research is that if bank employees implement their post-robbery procedures as they are a standard today, they almost ensure the robbers escape for a large number of reasons. Uh, so we went in and um, retooled that post-robbery procedure so that we had a shot at a um, police response capture. And if we miss the police response capture, then employees, by using these techniques, uh, help us develop that foundation so that we capture the bank robber before he can strike again. Now, this all makes sense, but how is it different from banks' traditional approach to robberies? Well, you know, if you look at what the industry standard is, 
uh, you know, maybe your listeners have heard these words. Don't be the hero. It's not your money. Don't do anything. It's not worth it. Well, when we take that uh, compliant victim mentality and overlay that into this, the, the safe part of safe catch, what we find uh, is that you have a bank employee with their head down all day long because there's nothing they can do about it. You know, bank employees have so much that they are responsible for. Uh, selling products, maintaining the balance on their drawer, uh, customer service, that when we tell them you, you're, you're not responsible for anything as far as your own safety, you're, you're, there's nothing you can do about it, well, we as human beings then instinctively do nothing about it. But what we found is if we can get people to pay attention, if we can get people to, to understand that they are in control of the security of their environment, um, that there are um, safe things that they can do to prevent that. And so if you look at what the old standard is, don't do anything, don't be the hero, compared to what the new standard is, be a hero. It's worth it. In the end, we're either going to prevent it, comply with it, or develop a new customer. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so I think that, um, oh, you know, in the other aspect of it, when, when we were doing the research for this program and we trained bank employees, uh, especially in the safe part and, and to a degree in, in the catch part, um, when they feel they have control of their safety over their environment, they're a much happier employee, a, a, a much uh, vibrant uh, much more vibrant employee, able to uh, use customer service beyond what they were before, and they feel a confidence that even if I am robbed, then you know I'm not an unwilling participant to just bouncing along and have no control over my destiny. That's very uneasy for human beings to, to deal with every day. And so now when they are in control, when they're empowered and they have safe tools that they can use, uh, now they're in control of their environment. It's a much different dynamic day to day. So, Larry, this is a huge attitude change for the banks. How'd you convince them to take a chance on Safe Catch? Well, you know, it wasn't easy at first, and I still I still deal with it day to day. You know, trying to get them to understand that, that was the biggest part. Is we're not advocating uh, bank employees to take direct action. Uh, aggressive action. You know, we don't want cowboys. All that um, training that the security managers have come under for all the years that they've been in it, uh, you know, when you come in and say, hey, there's more you can do, they, they step back real quick. Oh my God, what, what are you talking about here? And so the problem was is getting them to sit down and listen for a little bit and read the materials so they fully understood that this isn't what this program is about. And I still fight that today to some degree. Um, so, so, so it has been, you know, a bit of a challenge. But the way we overcome it is once they sit down, once they understand the program, and here's the key, once their employees understand and embrace the program, it's such a far different environment for them uh, that they cannot not use the program. And I have never had someone, even this, the, the biggest doubters, uh, come into a presentation uh, and we go over all these uh, aspects and this adjustment, you know, this mental attitude adjustment, and walk away saying, no, I don't want to do it. Every person to date, uh, and it's in the thousands of now, uh, have said, we want to do this and we want to do it today. So you talked about how this empowers bank employees. What's really required of them to be effective in safe catch? Well, you, know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It really is that attitude adjustment. 
you know, what is it about, and this was one of the keys in developing the program, going in and interviewing bank robbers, specifically, and here's a question, you know, I've got great, great detectives that work on my task force, and so I, I kind of let them roll with that investigative aspect. And when they're done in the interview with, okay, on this date, what did you do, and what did you do with the money, and, and, and you know, what, what did your demand note say, then I step in and I say, hey, let me ask you a question. In your bank robbery spree, did you ever go into a financial institution um, and not rob it? And inevitably, we, we found that for every bank robber uh, that robs in a day, two or three banks that day were not robbed. Um, and it comes down to a feeling. You know, when I went into the bank, it just didn't feel right. And then I really try to get in there and understand, well, what caused that feeling? And it's that attitude that you, you kind of brought up. It's that, that chest a little higher, head up, aware of what's going on. And when you combine that attitude with the tools that we give employees, it's, uh, it's a, uh, a great dynamic. And it stops bank robbers in their tracks. Well, talk about that, Larry. How effective has Safe Catch been since you developed the program? Well, you know, we've had for the past two years. Now, now the Seattle Division uh, parentally is one of the most robbed regions in the United States. In fact, from 1996 to 2006, we've averaged about 300 bank robberies a year. Um, you know, and we had this big task force, and we still have a vibrant task force, and we're going out and doing that law enforcement capacity, but of course what we discovered in, in our research, the missing component was always the bank employee. We didn't have that solid investigative foundation that got the guy on robbery number one, either through a police response or a, um, uh, an apprehension before he could strike again. Well, when we fully got this thing up and running over the course of you know the last four or five years, um, 2007 being our big rollout, uh, 2007, we had 176 robberies that year, and in 2008, uh, we had 153 robberies that year. So you can see the reduction. And what we can look back anecdotally and say is, you know, in 2008, the highest number anyone got was five. And in 2006, <clears throat> we we had uh, one individual that that had 27, and several that had 10, 15, um, or more. And so you see, you have a small population responsible for the totality of the problem. And that's why it's so important to start targeting these serial bandits. And it's so important for law enforcement to come back and say, wait a minute, a successful investigation isn't a high solution rate. A, sec a successful uh, investigation is one robber, one robbery. So even with institutions that have rolled out safe catch, where do you find that the banks continue to find challenges in trying to deter robbers? You know what the biggest challenge is, is overcoming, you know, 40 years of this is the way we've always done it. You know, the banking industry is a huge ship with a small rudder, I have found, <laughs> not unlike most big organizations. And, you know, one of the things is, is it doesn't cost anything. Wait a minute. You know, I don't have to buy uh, security products and I don't have to buy this. No, just a little FTE to get your employees trained uh, twice a year and in, in empowered and believing in this and then you give them uh, the power to, you know, in backing to implement these strategies, um, and uh, you'll, you'll see the benefits. But it's getting past, you know, over that hurdle. You know, how, how do you wipe away um, that, that industry foundation of don't be the hero, it's not worth it, don't do anything? Um, how do you get beyond that? Um, and, and once we do and move into the discussion that we just had, things change rapidly.
but it's getting it's getting past that hurdle to have that discussion that has been the biggest problem. You have one teller locally that got past that hurdle in a big way recently. Oh well, you know, and that's one of the things. You know, some 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 individuals, uh, security managers that. Um, you know, have concerns over the program, uh, and those are dwindling, thankfully, uh, used that and said, hey, here's a great example of a guy that took safe catch to the extreme, and I kind of backed off and said, wait a minute, number one, that institution where, you know, the, the, the bank teller went out and chased the robber down the street, uh, you know, they don't even use, well, they don't train the program, uh, and that guy, the, the teller, had never even heard of the program, and of course, uh, in the very end, uh, what that teller did is not even part of the program. You know, so uh, again, it's that perception of what it is and what it isn't that we, we, we have to dust off and say, wait a minute, this has nothing to do uh, with the Safe Catch program or what we want bank employees to, to do. Now, what I understand of the program, it relies a lot on the tellers that are looking for visual cues and, and what people are doing and how they're behaving. It, it struck me that as a t- at a time when the insider threat is particularly high, perhaps some of these same principles could apply to insider crime. Is that so? Well, you know, I, I think it it would, and uh, I've been encouraged to, uh, or we've been encouraged to uh, develop uh, a safe catch program targeting fraud. You know, a big part of the foundation, uh, and, and I'll give a plug to this guy, uh, Gavin DeBecker, uh, is a security consultant down in Los Angeles, and he wrote a book uh, it's been on Oprah, and, 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 and it's been out for quite a while, called The Gift of Fear. And uh, I love that concept that is we're innately aware, uh, innately aware of things that are wrong, but yet because of the way we're socialized or because, especially in the banking industry, uh, the way we're brought into the industry to treat customers and never offend the customer, and you know, um, we, we, we don't accept the gift of fear. Uh, for these reasons. And so, you know, in the Safe Catch program, we overcome obstacles so that employees do feel comfortable in accepting uh, Gavin DeBecker's gift of fear and taking action on it. Because uh, when we look at, uh, in, when I interviewed uh, tellers, uh, they all knew that they were going to get victimized. Sometimes it was just five seconds before, but many times, many, many times, it was minutes, up to five minutes or more, that they recognized, wait a minute, I think that this guy may be here to rob us. Now, of course, they're posing as a customer. They're not a bank robber at that point in time. Um, but I think that, to your point, that also can apply to fraud and even internal fraud. If someone's doing something wrong, we all all get that kind of funny feeling. Hey, I think, you know, I think Joe from accounts, he's acting weird lately. Do we do anything with that or do we accept it and, and, and take, take appropriate action based on that? So I think that there is overlay. Uh, in fact, I can tell you this. Security managers have reported back to me uh, anecdotally that their fraud rates, once they've adopted the Safe Catch program, have dropped uh, dramatically because employees are kind of thinking outside of the box. You know, I, every, every teller that takes a bad check kind of knew, wait a minute, I've gone through all the checks that I, I'm required to go through. Something's not right about this. And then two weeks later when the check comes back um, as, as a fraud, they go, I knew it. Well, if you knew it, why didn't you take some other actions? Uh, and so now they see that their employees, you know, are taking those little actions of maybe interviewing the potential customer that's passing a fraud check in a different manner, making them spell their name regardless of how easy or or, or, or uh, the name can be spelled, whether they have the driver's license in front of them or not. You know, having them repeat their social security number a couple of times. If they're given a false number, maybe they remembered it once. When you ask it again, um, 
they can't see it uh, again. Or, or and here's here's one I really like. They ask how old they are. They don't just write down the date of birth. They ask how old are you. Uh, and once the person's declared how old they are, then they ask the date of birth and do the math real quick, and they find that the numbers don't mix. So it's that outside of the box thinking that goes beyond the normal checks that stops that fraud, and that's definitely uh, in the realm of what we came up with with SafeCatch. Now, Larry, has SafeCatch been piloted outside of Seattle yet? You know, I get inquiries uh, every week, multiple inquiries about wanting to start the SafeCatch program in you know an, an area. In fact, I just uh, got a call from Buffalo that you know I'm going to call them uh, after this to, to deliver that. Um, you know, and the FBI just did a feature piece on our website, which generated a lot of interest. Uh, so yes, it's gone way beyond uh, the state of Washington. So for institutions that haven't benefited from the program yet, what advice could you give them to help them do a better job stopping robberies before they occur? You know, there's two things that financial uh, institutions can do uh, outside of Safe Catch, but, you know, these are part of the principles of Safe Catch that they could do uh, and robberies would plummet. And that's, number one, lower their cameras. The problem with the surveillance cameras is they're so high up that typically all we have is a shot at the top of a baseball cap. And if they would just lower their cameras to about five feet to six feet, we're going to get under that ball cap, and then we get that image of investigative quality out on the news. And then the next day we get him identified and arrested before he can strike again. Um, you know, and a lot of institutions say, well, we can't lower all of our cameras because of this or that. That's great, because you only need one camera positioned properly, and you have the shot, and that's going to be your exit camera. Exit cameras uh, are always at the top of the door, shooting straight down <laughs> at the person entering or exiting the bank. Um, and what we found is if you can lower just the exit camera, that's the only camera that you have to worry about, we get a shot every time. Because the bank robber, whether he's wearing a hoodie, a hat, uh, when they come into the bank, they got their chin down into their chest because they know where your cameras are placed. Uh, once they've done their robbery, their mind is not inside the bank anymore. It's on their escape. It's outside of the bank. They're not thinking about it. So we found that when these individuals exit, they have their head up. And so whether they have a hat, a hoodie, or a combination, if the camera's at that five-foot level uh, to six-foot level, we get that face shot every time. And, you know, interestingly enough, even if they're wearing a ski mask, uh, they don't want to walk out of the parking lot with a ski mask on. So they put it on their head like it's a knit cap, and as they start to come in the doors, they pull it down. When they go to leave, before they ever exit the bank, they're pulling that cap up um, as they exit. Boom, we have them with that exit camera. The other aspect is if we can get bank employees to stop relying on their alarms as a means of notification to law enforcement. This is one of the biggest things that stops a police response apprehension. And if you look at a police response response apprehension, it's an exponential equalizer in the fight on bank robbery. That's truly where you get that robber on robbery number one. But when we use our alarms as a means of notification to law enforcement, the delays by putting a third, uninvolved third party in an emergency response situation creates delays of five minutes or more before the police are ever notified. Thereby, there's absolutely no chance of a police response apprehension, and we lose that uh, exponential equalizer. And so lowering the cameras and having the victim teller, and it has to be the victim teller, making that call as soon as the guy leaves without seeking permission or getting in conversation. If banks would just do that, bank robbery rates would drop by our numbers of calculation 30% nationwide. Boy, that's something. Larry, I sure appreciate your time and your insight today. You bet.
We've been talking with Larry Carr of the Seattle office of the FBI. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.